Hi, everyone. This is Jordan, the owner and CEO of Greaser Consulting. On this episode, we got Mark Costaglo with us. Uh, listen, uh, this is our 50th episode. I actually brought him on in a lot of ways just to say thanks. Super busy, dude. So this one's quick. We ask a couple questions, uh, a little bit about learning and how he got to where he got to. Uh, and then, quite frankly, just kind of me saying thanks to the guy. Uh, I've appreciated what he's done for me in my career. Uh, and Listen, I hope you enjoy it, and I also hope that you've got different mentors and folks in your life that, um, you know, you can just get an opportunity to stop and say thanks to. So without further ado, here's a real quick one with Mark and I. Say you want some clarity in sales and marketing and SEP. Well, we have just the remedy, our podcast, DevOps Therapy. Hey, crew, this is Jordan. We got Mark with us. Mark, introduce yourself. What's up, Gracer? Mark Casaglo, sales guy, central Pennsylvania, husband, dad, sales nerd. <laughs> yeah, well, you got the nerd part down, that's for sure. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, so you said something interesting in there, central Pennsylvania, and uh you know, obviously you were, you were what the first employee at outreach. Is that right? Like you were, you are number one or you're number two. What was the number? I was number one employee. Yep. Number one. So how does the number one employee at outreach who led all of sales and all of this come from or live now or come from central Pennsylvania? Like, how does that happen? Like a one in 10 billion miracle. That's how <laughs> Yeah. it's kind of weird, man. You know, I, I thought about it. Somebody asked me about this the other day. Um, I used to sell stuff to schools or run a team that sold stuff to schools. And that required me going from flagpole to flagpole is what we used to say. And so it was nothing for me, especially in central Pennsylvania. And some of my region when I worked at the one place was even uh, more rural than central Pennsylvania is I would drive in like three or four hours a day was nothing. And uh, I this was back in the time where there was maybe like 200 podcasts on Apple podcasts. It was like nothing like it was today. And do you remember that little iPod shuffle that looked like a pack of gum? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that's what I had. And I would, I could load like 10 or 12 podcasts up, I think, because I had the cheapest one. And I would listen to those podcasts and all those podcasts were about technology and like startups. And I listened to this weekend startups with, Jason Calacanemus and This Week in Tech and Mac Break Weekly with Leo Laporte and all those guys. And I just learned all about tech and because that's what I was super interested in. I was like, you know, would build out all these automations and things uh, to make my job easier. And all of that was kind of like preparing me for when I met Manny Medina, which I got introduced to him from somebody I helped out with some sales advice named Izzy Gertzowitz. And uh, all easy invited or uh, introduced me to Manny, and Manny and I became buddies. And and then Manny's like, "Can you, and he's?" I said, "Why am I not selling outreach?" And he said, "We can't afford you." So I did the hundred uh, percent commission thing. But like that's the long and short is I I wrote a blog post that a dude read that was doing a Google search for something like what outreach was doing that found outreach on page twenty five of the Google search that called Manny directly figured out how to get in touch with him, had a few conversations with him, connected me to him. And then I was just like, 
when I saw the product the first time, I was like, this is the future. So I, I quit my job and, and worked for him on a hundred percent commission and, you know, did about a million bucks in sales in six months. Then boom, we're off to the races, started hiring people and you came on board, changed my life. Well, it's you know, it's funny though. You mentioned in Izzy, like I still talk to Izzy from time to time. Yeah. He's still on page twenty-five of Google, just so you know. Like he's, <laughs> he's still hanging out out there. The deep search uh, is what he's after. Yeah, yeah, he's a character. Uh, but but in all sincerity, there you like you do one hundred percent commission. I get that, but how like how do you convince a startup out of Seattle? that we're going to have a sales office in Pennsylvania because like, that's not a, that's one of the most unique stories in tech unicorns is that blue collar USA here. Like that's where the sales office started was the middle of nowhere. How, like, how do you convince people of that? Uh, I think that I had earned enough street cred with Manny and uh, by closing deals, by doing what I'd say I'd do, you know, our buddy Theron was a part of all that stuff in the beginning and Theron was, was good and had worked for me. And I think Manny was just like, listen, Mark, just make it like whatever you want to do, you can do, just make it work. And I always knew that like the people I hired in central Pennsylvania and other rural areas were just as capable and intelligent as anybody else. They just didn't have the same access to opportunity. And so, you know, I remember we hired Brittany and Brittany's first three weeks were doing work in my daughter's bedroom in a tiny little town. And she turned out to be an unbelievable SDR, moved to Seattle, worked at Amazon and a million other startups and crushed it and is still crushing life. And that was the norm is, is like we just hired hardworking people that were coachable, that gave a crap. And uh, we gave them the skills and the tools and the training they needed and the encouragement they needed to uh, to be great. I think that's what most people need. I don't think that they need to live in a city to have those attributes. (laughs) Is that something though, like obviously where you hire and where you look today, like it's not like you're pinpointing central Pennsylvania today or, you know, someplace in Kansas, but is there certain things that when you think about just getting something off the ground, like these are my people that you're like, you're really trying to find. Yeah. I mean, you know me, man, I got my, my three attributes that matter to me. One is, are you going to give effort? Do you have work ethic? Like, you know, if you had to do a hundred calls a day, Jordan, and you were at call 93 and it was 5 PM, you were making the last seven calls and like that's work ethic and what matters. And so I think that that's, um, that's the first thing. The second thing is curiosity you know, you have to have internal curiosity. How does my business work? Why are we positioned like that? Why does a product work like that? How does this, how do you do this? Uh, and you have to have external curiosity, which is why did that person have that problem? Why did they try to solve it that way? Why did that solution not work? And then the last piece is you have to have, you have to connect what you learn through your internal curiosity with what you've learned through your external curiosity and make that connection. And I always tell people like, I think people have lost the ability to make a connection. If I, if you tell me it's hot and I say, well, I got a fan, people don't connect that the fan makes you cool and it's a solution to the hot. You have to do that for them explicitly and concisely. And so if you can, if you give me effort, if you have internal or and you have curiosity and you have the ability to make connections of what you're learning internally and externally, 
then I think that you'll have an amazing sales career. Talking about an amazing sales career, like you obviously started 100% commission. And then I don't know, I don't know if you can even share like what outreach was at and revenue by the time you were all said and done, but right. Unicorn status. Okay. As a, as like a person who goes from hundred percent commission sales to running an SDR shop to all this, like hiring AEs, getting SDRs, putting leaders in place. And then the next thing you know, you're in charge of all of sales. And then this thing goes all the way to unicorn. Um, like how do you, how do you continue to learn at a rate where you can tackle each one of those stages? Because typically in a startup, right? Like the big vision with everybody is, Hey, you're going to make it. Come on, let's get this thing IPO. And there's like 20 people, right? By the time you're at a hundred people, it's a different company than when it was at when at 20 and a million other iterations in between. And so the types of skills and things that it takes just change from each stage that you're at. And it's, it's a little bit, you know, hard to fathom that someone could start as like the commission salesperson to running the whole thing at this like really high octane place. So like, how do you, how do you conquer each one of those steps? Well, you know, first of all, I wasn't opposed to taking a step back. I mean, I was leading a sales team that was responsible for like $15 million in revenue and had hundreds and hundreds of customers. Uh, and I had reps on the East Coast and the West Coast. And I, um, you know, that was, uh, I took a step back and started selling again. Uh, so that's the first thing, take a step back to ten, take 10 steps forward. You know, especially if, if you keep walking half a step forward and every time you keep bumping your head, maybe it's time to take a step back, take a different direction so you can walk a little bit faster. So that, that was the first thing. The second thing is, is like, I don't know if there's a right way, Greaser, I think that there's a way and that commitment to that way will usually end up in success. I think the problem that most people have is that they keep changing their ways. And so they never, nothing ever gets a chance to stick. And you know me, dude, you've known me for, I don't know, how long have we known each other? Probably 15 years all together. Well, the, the irony is, and I got to digress for a second. Yeah, the yeah. first time I met you, you were in front of an audience of like eight people. And I don't even know what the tool was, but you were like, and I was, I think 13. I was watching you talk about how you had automated your whole job to a point where you only work two hours a day and it's super simple. And you just click. <laughs> and I was just like, I have no idea what this guy's talking about. I have no idea why it matters. Uh, but it was just funny because at the beginning you were talking about how you had worked with this job and you learned how to automate a bunch of stuff. I remember you talking about like the early stages of that. But anyway, I'm digressing. Yeah. Well, and, you know, we used to we used to play basketball against each other back in the day too. So, uh, we, yeah. we go way back, but I, um, I think that, you know, you've known me long enough. We've worked together for seven or eight years or, you know, sort of together. And, uh, I say the same stuff all the time. There's just stuff I believe in. And like, I don't know if it actually is the best way or even the right way, but it works because I'm dedicated to it and I sell people on it and I get people to do it. And I think just getting people to do something is, is like half the battle. So, you know, I, like what are all the things you need to learn along the way and all that kind of stuff? If you're like listening and talking to your people and 
you know, got a couple of people in, in, that you're, that are mentoring you and that you can go bounce stuff off of that's not everybody's quite ready to process yet. You end up, you know, I think with um, a really strong catalog of stuff that you can pull from. And as long as you believe in it and work it really hard, it's good. And so there's that. And then the second part is, is like, do you have like this experiment mindset? Like everything I do is an experiment. I just watch to see if it works. If it doesn't work, I try something else. If it does work, I, I pour more fuel, fuel on the fire. But uh, I think don't and don't abandon stuff that's working for something that you think is going to work better. Super easy. Working is great. Uh, working better is sometimes uh, that's I think Pat Riley calls that the disease of more. Sometimes you just get you make yourself sick trying to get more and more and more. Sometimes what you got is good enough. Well, that actually makes me think about the early days in that central PA office where like we were humming, but not like not fantastic, but we were humming enough. Uh, and if you remember, like we had we had changed like literally everything about the way we were reaching out. And like six weeks later, there was no pipe, nothing being generated. And it was like, what in the world just happened? Right. Because it was like we were trying to get fancy. We were trying to trying to use LinkedIn best practice. Right. Mm -hmm. And all this kind of stuff. And then it was like, nope, we're just going back to what works and we're going to pour gas on it. And, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, I always joke about this. We rode the same sequences from three million almost to 30 million. <laughs> like, like, million dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like people. Oh, is it hey or hi? Don't matter. Oh, should you do your value prop first of this? Doesn't matter. Like doing something matters and then just watching to see if it works. You know, I will say, though, that like different industries are different. When I moved to my new job at Catalyst the aggressive approach did not work that I was used to when I was selling to sales professionals, but we saw it early. One of my SDRs was like, yo, man, I'm getting a lot of unsubscribes. We went and looked, oh my God, we're getting way too many unsubscribes. So guess what? We turned that sequence off, toned it down a little bit and did another one. And that one's working great. It has like a 14 or 15% reply rate uh, with thousands of people going through it. And so that that's, you know, it's not that much different. It just was took a little bit of a tweak, but like we were watching it for big stuff that could have gone wrong and we saw something went wrong. But yeah, I bet you the, the sequence I'm using now isn't that different than what I used to grow outreach. Well, I actually thought you and I had a conversation a while ago about how there's just some different folks now that are putting all this information out there. And it's like, they came up with it. They, and it's like, well, no, you didn't. This person did. No, you didn't. This person did. And I was, I was thinking about that. And I was thinking like, I, I actually walked out of that conversation. I was like, well, I can think of three things that are like huge on LinkedIn right now that I created that like, I'm not getting credit for, but I thought, you know what, like, to be honest with you. And I had to like, kind of look at myself, like those three things that quote unquote, I created, like, Somebody else actually talked about it first. Somebody else iterated a little bit on it. I probably tweaked it a little bit. Like none of that stuff actually came out of a vacuum. Sure. Right. And there's there's a whole lot more of just early conversation that ended up becoming something um, that like I probably shouldn't get credit for either. You know what I mean? Like that's the fun part about working on a team, though, of like you beat on it. I beat on it. You try. Sure. You might be the person who finally came up with the idea. Right. But like guaranteed, there was a lot of conversations in between to get there. Yeah. Right. Shoot. I just claim stuff now. 
I'm old enough. I can just do it. I just say I came up with most of everything we did. It makes my story better. So I'm, 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 I'm all about the story. Yeah, I can tell that, Mark, right? But it's I all do, about you. I do remember when we almost sunk the company because there's some kind of, we hired somebody, we got missed, there was some kind of miscommunication when he was leaving about an experiment we wanted to run that everybody thought he, we were actually going to do. We moved to that and it did totally kill the pipeline. And, and you and your buddy, Alex Lynn, saved the company. No joke, they won Outreachers of the Year for how they turned around the company because of the, or turned around the pipeline because it we were we were sucking wind for a couple months there because of that mistake. Yeah, I tell people about that, and the the irony is is like that whole change of process was conceived in on one Saturday and Sunday. That was it, and that's yeah. like that was the whole thing. It was built on to your point to thirty and so on and, and all these different things. But um, I know Mark, you actually have a, a pretty short window today, and so we weren't able to talk long. But I wanted to bring you on today because this is our fiftieth. Uh, podcast episode. And the reality is I really wanted to bring you on too, just to say thanks, because I wouldn't be here running a consulting company uh, without, I I still remember the first interview with you. This is, this was like early outreach interviews. I sit down and I'm in this like weird place where, you know, Mike's out there kicking a football, no shoes on, running down the hallway. Alex (laughs) is wearing his like, like basketball jersey clicking like on linkedin and i'm like what are you doing he's like i don't know they just told me to do it (laughs) right and i'm like what is this play so i sat down with an interview with you and the interview with you was like well theron says you're good i don't really remember you that much but if theron says you're good i'm good can you give this job 110 percent? and i'm like i don't know i don't know what the job is and you're like well can you give it 110 percent?" i'm like i don't know uh but anyway Without without that conversation and that introduction, you know, we wouldn't be sitting here on this side uh, shooting the breeze and having a podcast about it. So in some ways, this episode is an honor of you, Mr. Costaglo. Thanks for bringing me on. Thanks for bringing me on back in the day. Well, that's super cool, man. I appreciate that. But listen, you know, I wouldn't be here without you and all the stuff you did, too. So I mean, we helped each other. That's for sure. All right, man. Well, look, we're going to cut it short. This was a, a real fast one because, again, I know you I know you got to run, but I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for everything that you've done in my life. And, uh, you know, good luck at Catalyst as you continue to build and grow. And, uh, you know, keep making it happen. Keep krilling it. Got a seat for you when you're ready, buddy. <laughs> I'll see you, Mark. Hot dog. That was a great episode. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more about Greaser Consulting or any information you heard on today's episode, visit us online at www.greaserconsulting.com. Be sure to click the follow button and the bell icon to be notified on the latest here at RevOps Therapy. Thanks and see you real soon.